0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into to Tricks and Picks, episode 17. Um, I'm with a recurring guest now, uh, Andy Hopper uh, from the Brew Party. Andy, how are you doing today?
1: Dude, I'm great. I It's shocked you keep asking me to come on the show. Uh, just wait until I say something stupid to get kicked off, but uh, I'm here.
0: I say something but, stupid every day. I mean, I, what am I to kick myself off?
1: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks again for having me, Nick.
0: Yeah, no, no. Thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, you're, uh, you know, a lot going on in the in the betting world right uh, right now. A lot, you know, a lot going on with like the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, and all that. Um, Joel Embiid's face really affecting odds a lot. I never thought Joel Embiid's face would really just make odds plummet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I every week during the playoffs, during the show, we've been going through the odds from the week before and how much they've changed. So just for the sake of clarity last these were last week's odds for the playoffs it the warriors number 1 uh, then the celtics sorry sorry the uh, sixers plus 1400 and tied for sixth with uh, 14 teams, 15 teams left this week the sixers are plus 3500 and seventh with only they, they were second to last now but only but only uh, only ahead of the mavericks uh, Joel Embiid's fate. I mean, now that's their odds. That's two and a half times lower than they were before. Cause Joel Embiid's injury just, I mean, it looks like he's going to be back soon, but that injury looks like it just killed the Sixers odds.
1: Yeah. It killed them. And for like, what was he even in the game for? They were up by 23 points. if I'm not mistaken with four minutes left in, in a closeout game. Yeah, he easily could have just been on the bench, and then they asked Doc Rivers about it, and he goes, Oh, well, the other the other team had their starters out there. It's like well, what the fuck? you're not <laughs> in charge of the other team, you're in charge of your rotation. So at the end of the day, I think this goes down, this comes back to Doc Rivers. But yeah, it's absolutely affecting the team. If you watch the uh the game one of Miami and Philly last night, uh it was very evident why Joe Allen Bede is is at the uh, the thick of the MVP race. <laughs> it seemed <laughs> lost without him. Uh, I ended up betting on the 76ers spread last night because I'm an idiot. And I'm like, oh, seven and, <laughs> and a half is too many points. I mean, uh, yeah, they're missing. Famous last oh, words. Seven it, and a half it, is too it, many it, points. It's too many points. There, it's an overcorrection because there's no Embiid. Um, when I knew the whole time, I should have, I should have taken Miami. Yeah,
0: especially. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: And then, yeah, I had a couple player props. I was, I mean, I figured. Uh, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey would have a decent day. I put together a threes parlay that I was, like, so confident in. <laughs> it was Tyrese Maxey to hit three, Georges Niang to hit two, and uh, Tobias Harris to hit one. And I think those guys went, like, a combined, like, one for 20 or, like, two for 20 <laughs> from behind the arc. It was, like, Philly couldn't buy a basket. James Harden just refuses to, like take over and be a true number one. I mean, Tobias Harris was their enforcer last night. And I mean, he ended up, I think with what, 25 points. Uh, he, it, it just, yeah, they're missing. It is, it is very evident what the Sixers are missing right now. I'm not surprised the odds jumped. I am a little surprised they jumped what, like fucking two, almost two, two to one. Uh, yeah. from What they
0: were last week. So, I mean, honestly, I'm not that surprised. Um, I think it's especially a really stupid idea when it's a guy like Embiid who is injured all the time and he's a big man and big men tend to get injured a lot more. It's not like Steph Curry who's just hanging out most of the time behind the arc. Like Joel Embiid is like right – like if he was a football player, he would be like Earl Campbell. Like he's constantly in the middle of potentially getting injured all the time, which is why keeping him in under those circumstances when they really didn't need him was against a far inferior team was just really stupid on I mean, on Doc Rivers' part. I'm not the biggest – honestly, I'm not the biggest Doc Rivers fan. I think he's a little bit overrated as a head coach, I would have to say. It, like, it, well, it's just stupid decision-making like this that makes people crazy.
1: It would have – like, his whole, like, playoff – or coaching career in general would have just came full circle if if he was the first head coach to give up the 3-0 lead. Like it, yeah. everybody <laughs> was talking about it. I mean, say what you want about Doc. I mean, I'm not the biggest Doc guy either. I'm not necessarily a, a Doc hater, but I mean, he has made quite a few questionable coaching decisions not only in Philadelphia obviously he's only been there for a short time but throughout his career i mean you can point to a, a couple head scratching things that he's done um but yeah this one doesn't make sense i mean the only thing i can really think of is like does joel have some playoff stat incentive that he was that they were trying to hit you know these guys have incentives as far as stat goes throughout the throughout the regular season to get some extra coin i'm not really sure how these teams operate in the playoff, if there's a playoff bonus or something like that. But that could be, like, one of the only things I could really think of, or just... And I'm sure Doc Rivers isn't thinking that, like, his star is going to get, you know, his face broken uh, (laughs) when when he's out there. But it's just, you're you're up 20 points in a closeout playoff game with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're just... I, I I just no reason to me. <laughs> I, think most I, coaches,
0: to there. I think most coaches would have had the common sense other than maybe Tom Thibodeau to just take him out of the game. And Tom Thibodeau is the only one who probably the only other coach I can think of who would have kept him in, in that situation, I think, but it could have been a lot worse if you think about it, because it's yeah. bad enough that he broke his face but it would be a lot worse. Like if he had an ankle injury or an ACL tear or something like that, like then you're completely done. You have, it's not like you can put on a mask. Like you can, if you break your face mm-hmm. when, and he can come back and probably play for it. Right. And, and the question is of monitoring.
1: Mm-hmm. Can he it, pass concussion protocol too? Cause that's a big yeah. thing. Cause if you're still a little loopy from getting hit in the head and your concussion is really like that can really fuck with guys out on the court too. Um, I mean, I saw that this year rooting for Illinois basketball. Andre Corbello missed over half the season with with a concussion that just wouldn't seem to go away. You know, it all depends on the severity of that for sure. But just, I mean, if the Sixers lose this series, we know why. It's because, I mean, you have Joel Embiid out indefinitely, and he is literally everything
0: for them. He is. Well, to be fair, he apparently might be coming back soon. From what I read now, I don't know if this is going to almost be like another Ben Simmons situation when we constantly hear he's coming back and then he doesn't come back. And it, like, it's almost like the whole end of the world thing uh, on in 2012 or like every time, like, you know how, like, there's always an end of the world and then that doesn't come. And then it, and then it's just another date. That's kind of what it could be with Joel Embiid. Sure. Like, like oh, he's coming back. Uh, but I think. Unlike a guy like Ben Simmons, who's like a total bum, I think Embiid cares and really wants to be back. And he would, like, unless, a, unless he's explicitly advised not to, he will do everything he can, including put, him, put himself in bubble wrap to come back in and, and, you know, try to perform for his team. That just seems to be the character that, that he has. Although I don't think the only reason the odds, I mean, it's also, I mean, the thing is, it goes to show you how valuable he is when he's not even indefinitely out. Like he might come back soon, and if he comes back, I think those odds really do jump back up—not all the way back to what they were, but up until uh, up up to a noticeable point, I would say, sure. uh, if he comes back. So if I mean, the thing is, I don't think it's just because of the fact that his that he got injured, that he broke his face and he was out. I think it's also his thumb injury. He can't shoot as well as he was before, as he could before, because of his thumb injury that he played through. I think that has a lot to do with it too. And I, I think it's all these little things. Although I think there's, I mean, I, even though I think Embiid is the main reason for the odds, the, the basically the odds boost in, uh, for the Sixers, I think there's all sorts of complicated reasons outside of that because odds change odds tend to change all the time throughout the playoffs uh we've seen a lot of it actually um for instance last uh this last week the warriors are still number 1 and then the celtics and then the suns the suns initially were the top now now the suns are back at the top slightly ahead of golden state and then the celtics are a little are uh the celtics are a little bit further back than they were but you know it's all kind of the same uh the miami's still a little bit a little bit ahead of the bucks uh it's fascinating to me that the suns jumped up so much cuz i don't understand why the suns are now ahead of golden state this doesn't make that much sense
1: yeah i think they're i think some of it has to do with who these teams are their opponents are in each round so like the last thing i'll say about Embiid, like i'm not trying to take anything away from miami i mean they're the number 1 seed in the east and they've just been an incredible team uh, throughout the year. And then through the playoffs, they've looked really solid too. So I think that has something to do with it. I guess I'm a little surprised the Heat are not getting more love, but they're, you know, it's weird. I guess they're kind of weird because they don't really have a traditional star. It's like, yeah, it's Jimmy Butler's their guy, but.
0: Jimmy Butler's not really a star. And and I love, and I love
1: Jimmy Butler as, as a Bulls fan. I I wish we would have never let him go. But I mean, and make your arguments for what if he's a top ten, top fifteen player in the NBA. But they they just don't have that traditional guy. It feels like that, like like a Giannis, or even like in the Celtics series, like like Jason Tatum, who looked like he was the best player in the Brooklyn uh, Boston series in, in round one. By the way, but yeah, as far as these odd go, I'm not sure. Cause I mean, especially with the Suns, you know, we saw Devin Booker miss time. We saw the Pelicans actually give them a really good series, uh, for being a team that finished the regular season 36 and 46. Um, and then now I guess I guess it's because they're they're saying the Suns are playing the Mavericks, which is the lower seed, whereas, you know, the the Warriors and the Grizzlies is a two-three matchup. Um which, by the way, if, if you're the Grizzlies, you got to feel really bad about yourselves for not <laughs> taking care of that game one. No Draymond, so two missed free throws from a 90% uh, free throw shooter during the race. Not only that, end.
0: but they were at home. They could have, they had every possible chance to just not drop that game. And they have, they at least have a little bit of a chance in that situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is why it turns game two into a must win situation uh, for the for them and yeah I don't know I guess I'm not super shocked by the odds see, just seeing as you know the Suns have been the best team in basketball probably all year the best record by far um but I mean the way this Golden State team is playing right now it's it's really get, making people nervous um all the anti splash brothers people or the you know the people that like to question their rings they like to question <laughs> the, the 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 KD rings that say May or may not be fraudulent. Um, but Which I yeah, think is I, a
0: bullshit argument anyway.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, at the time, I definitely was salty that he went there. I loved him and Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. But got to know when things – time time just separates people. We'll just say that. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I guess if I had to pick somebody to bet on, I, I think you throw a little bit on the Suns. I think you throw a little bit on the Celtics – um, I really do like the Celtics. I know Marcus Smart uh, isn't playing in this game, too, which hurts them. But uh, then you look at the Bucks; They're without Middleton for, I think, this whole series. Uh, so that's that's a plus if you're Boston. Um, but I, I feel like the East is more
0: wide open than the West, um, if that makes sense. I mean... The Mavericks. Well, I, would, I would say the West is a boat race between the Suns and the Warriors, mm-hmm. uh, and the odds show that too. It's the, the the Warriors and Suns are very close. Whereas the East is, it could be Boston, it could be the Bucks, especially because the Bucks took a game at home. It could be, it could be Miami, even though I don't really have much faith in Miami. Uh, so it, it is a little bit more wide open for the East right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I would say I do. I think the reason Miami doesn't get that much love, which I, to be fair, I mean, the odds last week were plus 650. Now it's plus 500. So they are getting a little more love than they did last. They're doing a little bit better in terms of the odds than they did last year. Uh, you know what? Because of the fact that they don't have a traditional star, that's inevitably going to hurt them. Because when the, when's the last time a team won a championship without a star in the traditional sense? I mean, you say the 0-4 Pistons? Those does... it's it's like almost twenty years ago. Exactly. So it's it's not going to be easy for them. Second of all, I think there's a little bit less of a correlation between regular season record and who the actual best teams are come the playoffs. Sure. Like the Hawks in 2014 had the best record, but they weren't even close to the best uh, team in the East when the playoffs came around. They they were just lucky. The uh, John Wall got hurt. And it, it took it took them six games to beat the Nets. It's The same kind of thing with Miami. Like I don't think, I don't think they're a better team than the Sixers are healthy. I don't think I don't think they would have beaten the Nets. I don't think it would beat the Bucks or the Celtics. It, it, they're just I don't think they're really close to the top.
1: Well, see the thing about Miami is they play just like really good team basketball. And they have arguably Spulcher. one of the best coaches in the NBA and in, in Spulcher, who's just been there for so long. And you talk about you do Haslam being like 65 years old and still being on the end of that bench and the, the heat culture. It's like, I believe in their rotation, they have four guys that went undrafted, which like you just don't see that yeah. very often you have. And the, you know, they bring in a PJ Tucker who's coming off a championship run, uh, with Milwaukee last year, a guy that you know played on really good Houston teams uh, for a long time. You bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry who has championship experience. Jimmy Butler is not afraid of anybody. Uh, you have a, a two-way center in Bam Adebayo, and then you surround all those guys with just like the the wettest three-point shooters you've ever seen in <laughs> Max Drews, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero can shoot it by the way, led them in scoring off the bench, which is crazy. Um so I think
0: they have the, great depth compared yeah, to most
1: they're they're, they're they're deep. They don't have a true like superstar. Um, I mean, unless you've seen Jimmy Butler's uh, Mick Ultra commercials. Not I mean not every run of the mill <laughs> basketball player gets a national beer commercial. Sure. Um, but they just they play very well as a team. That that and I mean the last I'm trying to think of when the last time, you know, I I really I think think 04 the Pistons is is the one that sticks out to me. I mean, I would say maybe when the when the Mavs got one of theirs, but still they had Dirk Nowitzki.
0: They had Dirk, I don't think yeah. that counts.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, off the top of my I. I I can't I can't think of one. I I, I just think of you know it was a little before my time. Exactly. And that's see, I was still only like nine. I was like then. seven at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like I was super, you know, locked in <laughs> at, at that point, but you know, old enough to know what was going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think although everything you said about Miami is true, I, I also think they're, they're a very good defensive team. They're probably mm-hmm. the second best defensive team. I also think everything you said about them playing well as a team is also true about the Celtics, except they have stars on the Celtics, like that they don't that they that they wouldn't have on that they don't have on Miami. Right. So have- I think all of that could is true about both teams. Uh, the Celtics, so far, the odds say the Celtics are favored. They're still favored to beat the Bucks, even though they dropped that game at home. Uh the Celtics, last I checked the game today, they were they were shellacking the Bucs. Uh, I could be l- yeah, let I, me I,
1: I have it on right now. It's 107 to 86. Yeah, that's a with like two minutes left in the in the fourth. Yeah. I, and I, like,
0: I can't stand the Celtics. I don't I'm not rooting for the Celtics, but if you act but if you ask me, they look like a better team than than Milwaukee does without uh without Middleton. I'd certainly take, uh, I would certainly bet on the Celtics over so, Milwaukee right
1: now. I, I took the Celtics in game one, ended up regretting it because, of course, they came out flat and Milwaukee came out and, you know, threw the first punch to get that win. But I, I ended up betting on them again tonight. I'm kicking myself because the spread again was four and a half. And I adjusted it down to one and a half. And then, of course, they've been up by 20, like, virtually, like, the whole game. Because I'm like, there's no way they're giving up two games at home in this series, uh, especially without Middleton. They're going to respond to getting punked on their home floor. And that's kind of why I like the Grizzlies uh, tonight, too. So I'm trying to talk myself out of betting on the Grizzlies again. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. This with no Middleton, it scares me. But then at the end of the day, it's still Giannis who just seems to be able to get like absolutely whatever he wants. Um, it's it's like Luca. I love betting on Luca. I'm gonna bet on him as long as they're still in the playoffs. Which <laughs> in this series, it might only be a couple more games. It looks um, like it.
0: You, but geez, I feel freaking. I feel fucking bad for Luca. He is he is so amazing. He is arguably a top five player in the league right now, probably. And he is a supporting cast of Bambi. Like, the rest of his team is just so bad. It's it's
1: nothing. And, dude, he looks like me running up and down the court. Can you imagine yeah. if he was in shape and didn't have a beer gut? Which, <laughs> it's, it's like two of the baddest dudes in, in, the, in the league right now are two of the ones that look most out of shape in uh, Nikola Jokic and yeah. uh, Luka Doncic. I think we've mentioned it on this show before. Um, it's, it's just hilarious. I mean, last night he finishes with 45, 10, and I think eight assists. He's the
0: only guy on his team who can do anything right now.
1: And, you know, Jalen Brunson went like nuclear in round one in those, in those couple games that he missed. And I do think Jalen Brunson is, is, is a solid ball player and he's going to get paid this offseason for sure, but it's just. And then Maxi Kleba apparently is like the greatest three point shooter of all time. Now he just doesn't miss. But when when Maxi Kleba is your your second leading scorer in a playoff game, you got I got a think problem. You got a problem for sure. <laughs> um, but when we get to the parlay of the week, you'll see it. But just like, dude, every time, just take Luca thirty points, take uh, you know eight rebounds and six assists, f- add some threes in there if you're feeling spicy, and I it will hit. It hit last night. Uh, I'm I'm doing it like every game. It, it's incredible. It's gonna it's gonna be plus money every time. But um, yeah. This I I think you said it. It, it does kind of feel like a two horse race in the West. But I mean, I if I'll put it this way, if Embiid gets healthy, I could see any
0: one of these four teams left representing the East yeah. in the finals. Yeah, but that that's a big if. The, mm-hmm. the question for the odds of the Sixers is not so much the odds of what they would it's more the odds of whether or not Embiid gets healthy because if Embiid is healthy they could beat pretty much anybody I think the only I mean they have a disadvantage against other teams they would have a disadvantage against say the Celtics so they wouldn't have home court but they could beat the Celtics if they play well enough mm-hmm. um so speaking of all that um parlay of the week uh Luka Doncic, the Luka Doncic parlay.
1: It's the Luka Lay, baby. So uh, I, I just said it. So he's, for his playoff career, it's like him and Michael Jordan are both averaging like 33 points a game. Like the only two to ever average over 30. Uh, he just scored 45 in game one. Like I said, he's almost their only option. Um, So 30 points, six plus assists. He usually gets about six to seven Eight rebounds last game. He had 10 and then four plus made threes. Um, If you want to water it down, you can like two or three. I wouldn't blame you. I'm going four just to juice up the odds a little bit more. And I think he was four for 11 from three uh, from three in game one. So the volume is there. He's going to shoot the threes. It's just a matter of uh, if he makes them or not. But like I said, I'm riding the Luca parlay's. For as long as he's as he's in the playoffs, and it it really, dude, it doesn't have to stay to just Luca. I like to do the same thing with Giannis, do, or pretty pretty much if I know you know one team has a star that they're really you know laboring on, on. just why not? I mean, I'd rather bet on the star than their role players, <laughs> yeah, Nine, Ten times out of ten. Um, so I I did a similar parlay to this tonight uh, for Giannis. And actually I gotta check. I don't think he hit it because he started the game like one for ten. Uh but I mean that's that's usually my favorite. That's my favorite go-to in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, he didn't hit it. Giannis still finished with twenty-eight, nine, and seven. So it's like Yeah, I don't know. That's that's my parlay of the week, though. Let's go, yeah, Matt. I, Let's go Luca.
0: So I do have some news. Uh last week, my parlay of the week won again. I'm a two time parlay of the week winner. I'm the only person to ever win oh, that's a, a of the great week. hit.
1: Holy shit, you got this a is first the best out. hit
0: I ever had in my entire life. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, first basket that was kind of random. Uh, I didn't think that one through very much. I just know DeAndre Ayton is probably is most likely to make the first basket for the Suns. Uh, Milwaukee money line that's easy. Curry over 27 and a half. In fact, most of these odds aren't even that difficult except for the eight and one. Uh, and then the Sixers minus minus uh half a point in the first half, that one, I was really sweating out. I was watching that like right before the, uh, I was watching it like right before the NFL draft started. And I was like freaking out yelling mm-hmm. at the TV <laughs> so that, so the Sixers could, uh, n- like cover that half a point so I could win $127. That mm-hmm. is the best I ever hit the best, the best hit I ever did.
1: <laughs> There's no feeling like hitting a parlay like that. Uh, especially when it's even when it's the small ones even when it's dude 7 bucks to 134 for a payout that's awesome yeah that's and i love the first basket being in there cuz that's true degenerate gambling is when you yeah. like <laughs> you got to start betting on the first person to make a basket uh and that's that's risky on fanduel now because uh fanduel's like the only site that does it but they count free throws as the first basket, if you were to oh, yeah. say you were to bet on it on BetMGM or let's say DraftKings, they wouldn't if if the first they, they count the first field goal, uh, whereas FanDuel does if it's a free throw it
0: counts. But they started
1: like you can That's even bet I on think the-
0: call it field goal in those apps they call it field goal and not basket because mm-hmm. basket can mean anything, right? Anything so, that counts.
1: And then the, now they've got like method of first basket on there, which gets dangerous. There was a... Uh, I I almost threw, okay so it was the play, it was one of the play-in games the Cavs were playing and I was just kind of scrolling through I was like oh method of first basket that's interesting and I was looking out cuz I was, was going to do it and Evan Mobley to hit a 3 was plus 10,000 and I was like Ah, dude, there's just no way he hits a three, of course. Like, clockwork, corner three, first shot of the game. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I should have – I'm an idiot. Like, you throw five – that's five bucks. You That's 500. Like, I, I I, can't believe it. But first basket's a super fun bet. Um, And then I – the thing I just get, like, lost in, like, NBA regular season and with the playoffs, like, which I have to kind of rein it in, is just don't, like, over – prop bet yourself or like two just too many prop parlays that get up to those you know plus 1800s or you see in the plus 32 and i mean they're all over twitter now if you yeah. are you yeah know, any gambling
0: twitter it's like all these honestly i ignore most of them all, all these- i don't like to listen to i don't really i don't rely i don't know about you but when it comes to betting i don't really rely on anybody else i might hear a bet sometimes and think Oh, that's a good idea and do it. But I don't sit there and be like, Oh, what's Rico Bosco betting this week. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't you really
1: just say. take exactly the opposite of whatever Rico Bosco
0: is betting. That's true. Um, that is what I do with anything.
1: Plus money, uh, him or whatever opposite of whatever Marty mush says, um, <laughs> at, at Barstool, if you're going to listen to any gamblers, I would say big ebbs, probably the best one. Um, he, he's, he's pretty good. Um, I, Usually I'll ride with whatever Big Cat does, I, just because it's fun and I actually he's actually likable. Um, but the gambling Twitter thing, it's like there's so many cappers out there now. They all have these VIP programs. They all want you to pay them x amount of bucks, x amount of dollars per month. And then I do kind of get sucked into it a little bit. I don't pay for picks because I give out my I give out picks on my podcast too. I wouldn't want people to pay for those. Um, but I will see. It's like you'll see somebody – you'll see an account pop up or somebody that follows somebody. They'll tag them. It's like, oh, shout out to so-and-so for this hit. This is crazy. We're doing this all week. If you see enough of those, like you're – I'm eventually like, all right, dude. Like one of these has got to hit sometimes. And I know these guys will they, – they kind of pick and choose what they post on Twitter for free and what they give their VIPs and their Discord all, and everything. I think
0: all that is a scam. Like you, you know who uh, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Scott Farrell is.
1: No, I don't think so. He's a,
0: he, I think he, he's like on CBS radio. He's like on CBS Sports Radio. He was on satellite for a little bit. And, and, and uh, he does, he has a website where he charges like $25 a month for his picks. Now, mm-hmm. unless you have Biff Sports Almanac, there is no way I am paying $25 a month for anybody's picks right. because who made you like some type of guru for these picks? And, and even if I do get ahead a little, well, how much money do I have to bet to offset the $25 a month that I'm paying you to give me picks? Yeah. But like, I-, I don't see why I would do that. And the truth is nobody is that good at gambling. It's a, it's, you can make educated guesses, but ultimately they're still guesses. Uh, Stu Finer does the same thing. Stu Finer.
1: That's, I was, he that's was,
0: what I was going to say. I love. He was money. he like charges a, a, an insane okay. amount of money just so he can give you his picks. That is the biggest scam, if you ask me. Yeah. Like that you're gonna and then, but imagine like actually paying him. Like, what makes you think that this loud, obnoxious, sixty-five-year-old guy is like? That's it, what you. Is no, like, some, some type of genie of gambling?
1: I will say if you if you gamble long enough and you've been in the industry as long as he has, like he's got to know some things like right. I consider myself pretty like a dumb person. Um, <laughs> and so I do get sucked into that stuff, but he definitely like, you can't tell me, he doesn't know anything about gambling. He definitely can read lines pretty well and kind of, Oh yeah. things. But at, but at the end of the day, you, you said it, I don't like paying for picks. Um, I do like it for the most part to be, you know, from my brain. Cause it feels good when it's like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I made that bet. I didn't have to listen yeah. to anybody, but sometimes I would like some help. Like just like, if somebody feels like they're on a heater or a lot of like, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. Uh, it's his, I think it's, it's like crispy Kappen or something. I, you know who that is. He's for, he's, he gives out his place for free. He hosts a Twitter space, like almost every day brings all, Ton of people together, a ton of other like his friends that are in the gambling Twitter community together and uh for for free picks, which is a it's always a solid listen. So I appreciate guys like that or you know but I, I do understand where some if some of these guys think they have a talent and they're trying to monetize and they know people will pay, more power to them for for you know, trying to make the extra extra coin. But I, I have just never been a fan. Of those, you know, pay for pay for pick services. I get it. People can be experts or whatever. People can go over all this data. They could be lying to your face too. Uh, at the same time, because you know, I'm in a couple discords that are that are free, that you know have worked, have not. But it's it's gambling. It's a crapshoot. You never know if it's going to work or not. So I'd rather spend that extra twenty five dollars a month on a bet rather than paying somebody else telling me what to bet. But I definitely am dumb enough to sometimes just be like, all right, I'll just blindly tail whatever you're, st- yeah. <laughs> whatever this is, or if it's, you know, fucking Rico or, if you fade the Rico even, box or, or even Ben Mintz, like fade, whatever Ben Mintz says, like he's like perpetually down units on, on pick central, um, it it's, I mean, it, it's like anything you read, like whether it's the internet or or newspaper or anything, you just take everything you see with a grain of salt and kind of, you know, take bits and pieces from what they say. There are like props.cash is a great website. Um, I don't know if you know, like, it's like this, I think his at is like bmat or something like that on Twitter. He posts like a prop consistency sheet, uh, every night, which is actually super helpful. Um, but yeah, it's like. You kind of just got to pick and choose, but I, I like what you said. I don't, I don't enjoy paying for picks. Have I thought, have I thought about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I never have pulled the trigger because like I said, I'd rather flip that $25 myself <laughs> bet- betting on something so, else.
0: I actually, so we didn't even do my parlay of the week yet. We just talked about my parlay from last week, which one. Uh, so this one is a little simpler. Um, the over for Golden State the under for the Miami Sixers game and the Phoenix Suns minus five and a half I took the suns minus five and a half because I just think the Suns are just that much better than Dallas right now and there's a few things to pay attention to with the over unders the Warriors have the highest percentage of over unders in the playoffs right now they're five and one 83 percent I believe yeah five and one for the play uh for over unders in the playoffs. Miami Miami has not gotten – Miami – okay, yeah, here it is right now. The Golden State – the Warriors are 5-1 and one for overs. Miami is 0-6. Oh and, and also, Phoenix is almost as hot. Phoenix is 5-2. and two. So I took Golden – and this is for tonight. So by the time the show airs, we'll know what happened – But Golden State has been on fire with the overs lately. And Miami has been on fire with the unders, 100% with the unders. So based on the trajectory of these teams, I think the over for the Warriors and the under for Miami would be the smartest move. And and just as far as the 5.5, the Suns should easily be able to cover the 5.5. That's that's nothing for the Suns right now.
1: Oh, speaking of them covering 5.5, game one I took – fucking Mavericks plus six and they end up the Suns end up winning by seven Mavericks had a three in the corner at the buzzer that would have garbage time would have covered it he clanks it off the rim I was so upset I was so upset about that (laughs)
0: that's that's Um, the worst feeling
1: but yeah you'd think the Suns would be able to cover five and a half I like the trends you're throwing out I'm pretty sure Bucks unders have been like super ha, have hit almost every time since uh, it, in the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, you're
0: right. Yeah, you're right. Actually, the Bucks they did too. The Bucks that, that the Bucks just as much as Miami actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, don't know. Right now. I haven't done any Bucks bets, but if I, I did, know. I would recommend betting the under. Oh, and then the
1: I mean the final tonight was 109 to 86. I guarantee you that just went under again.
0: Definitely, without yeah. question. So, they've got to be 0 and 7 now. Yeah. Right. Um, so that I mean that's a trend to watch. For, and also sure. not just Milwaukee, but the but the Celtics have also been, I mean, not as not, not as much as that, but they've been two and three. So even they have been have been under more than over. And at this point, probably now two and four. So even they're more under now, too. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors, they're just such a good scoring team and no lead is ever safe against them. They can just go on a 20 with like a couple minutes left in the game. They can score 15, 20 points. That's probably why they hit over so much.
1: I mean, yeah. And I'd be curious to see these teams like defensive and offensive rankings because I'm sure that has something to do with it. I mean, you talked about it earlier, how great of a defensive team Miami has been. The Celtics are actually very solid defensively as well. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee, I mean, they've got Drew Holiday, who's a solid two-way guard. I mean, uh, Giannis getting in your face uh, definitely has an effect on it. But, I mean, it sometimes it's weird because, you know, we think about the playoffs, especially from, like, a prop betting perspective, where it's like you always expect these guys to hit their overs uh, in, in the playoffs because it's like, all right, they're turning it on. Everybody's actually playing, right? But that also it's means the they're turning it, said up it on the other way
0: around. On exactly. Defense. That
1: also means, yeah, that's what they, you, you beat me to it. So it's like, that also means they're going to be turning it up defensively as well. Um. So yeah, unders, man. I hate betting unders. I hate betting unders because your, you're
0: rooting for nothing to happen.
1: You're rooting for just shit and a bunch of just clanks off the rim. But I mean, you know how much more money I would have if I wasn't like, oh, yeah, no, this, this, this shit's definitely going over a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, the funny thing is, there does seem to be a trend that the West is hitting the overs and the East is hitting the unders. Uh, Just, just here's the, um, in the playoffs, here is the order. Golden State, Denver, Phoenix, New Orleans, Brooklyn, Dallas, Memphis, then Boston, Toronto, Minnesota, Utah. So basically, the bottom five when with over-unders are Philadelphia, Chicago, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Miami. The top five are Golden State, Denver, Phoenix, New Orleans, and Brooklyn. So four of the top five for overs are in the West, and five of the bottom five are in the East. Interesting. So – So if you want to bet overs, get rich. Bet overs in the (laughs) West. Bet unders in the East. Is all I can say. Forget the Parlay of the Week. That is the smartest thing you can do. With Britain,
1: grind uh, in the East, and they're playing quick and fast out in the West. I will just say, Draymond Green just got elbowed in the face by Xavier Tillman. um, Really? Which oh, how the turntables turn, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, Going from getting hit, like he immediately. It was not intentional. Uh, Tillman was going for like was going for the ball and ended up going like this, and it was like right into. Oh, it did not look. It, it looked like it hurt. But that uh, might
0: actually be on Twitter.
1: You'll, you'll it probably. Just, you'll, just now. It literally just happened. Yeah. You know
0: it's too bad we can't bet on fights in sports. Oh, that would I'd, be pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Oh, Draymond, <laughs> Draymond to punch somebody like plus like five thousand or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's worth a sprinkle. <laughs> yeah, every time. I mean, we, we, you would bet on the national anthem. Why could you bet on fights? Absolutely. We need <laughs> we need Super Bowl like props for all these
0: playoff games. Yeah, yeah. This is what makes the NBA playoffs fun. It's all the betting. I, I can't think of anything better for professional sports, especially for a sport like basketball, than than the betting involved in it. It just makes it so much more popular.
1: Oh yeah, it's why you're. It's why I'm up at like eleven thirty on a fucking Tuesday, sweating out a Portland trailblazers versus Oklahoma city thunder game that I have no business like caring about. <laughs> Cause I put together some stupid same game parlay. I don't know if I told you about that, but I literally, I was, it was one of those games between the trailblazers and the thunder uh, near the end of the year. It literally didn't matter. They're two of the worst teams in the league um, that I was like two points away from turning fifty bucks into like nine hundred, and I'm like standing in my living room, jumping up and down, fucking screaming at the TV because I needed uh, Poku to just score like twice. The game ends up going to overtime, of course. So I'm like, all right, I'm still alive. And then he misses two shots in overtime, and I, I it was just dead. Um, but yeah, that's it. There is no greater feeling. Than sweating out a bet and it hitting like especially at the very last second or some a bet that you thought was dead from the start that somehow you get a garbage time backdoor cover or if it's like a, a, it's, it we were talking about over unders let's say it's a football game you you took over you know forty five and a half and they wait until the third quarter to start start going off and you come back from <laughs> the dead or it's the it's the Undertaker gif. Um, that I, that I love I to eaters, feeling, <laughs> but it's just, there is just no greater feeling. And obviously it depends depends on how much money you're throwing on the table and how much money really, really makes you tick, but just the rush you get, uh, and especially in the NBA playoffs when one, these teams have so much on the line. Um, and then now that gambling is, is not only legal, but so normalized, with, with everybody, you can bet Even on... Even
0: states where it's not legal, people still do it illegally. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And uh it's just like, and everybody, it's like one guy will hit for you one time, and now you're just on him for the rest of the year. It's like, I know with Jordan Poole being as, as awesome as he's been this year, um, you know, falling into that, tr- falling in. it's like, oh, well, you know, he hit seven threes five games ago. He's going to do it again tonight. Um, but I mean, that could be said about, about literally anybody, but yeah, it, it makes it so much more fun because especially I don't know about you. It's like, I like, I love watching basketball, football, whatever sport it is, but there is, you know, it's it's pretty easy to get disinterested sometimes if it's not,
0: especially especially when the game isn't close Mm -hmm. in terms of the context of the game, but, but, but the game could be really not close, but be very close in terms of your bets, mm -hmm. like a garbage time game that could be like that could be coming down to the last minute when it comes to the spread that you might've bet on.
1: Absolutely. And it's like, so I mean, a lot of people, you know, like sports and stuff, but to them, it's like, it's watching their favorite team and they don't necessarily, you know, branch outside of that. So sometimes they can find it difficult, you know, let's say somebody's a fucking Orlando magic fan and they've got, (laughs) <laughs> They're just all in on the magic and they see, Oh, Memphis and golden state tonight. Yeah. I don't care. Wendell Carter Jr.'s not out there yeah. like yeah. let's, uh, you know,
0: throw 20 bucks on the game and let's see. Then you'll you care, care a lot more. A bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, think about it. Look at a game like craps. You're going nuts over like dice. Yeah. How absolutely. dice lands like, who, or who gives a shit about dice in any or, other context? Or, or, just like, or, or, or,
1: it's like the same thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, right. So, um, I don't know. Uh, you didn't bet on the NFL draft, correct? No, I
1: did do. I did some draft shows. I was on the the review and preview night one and night two for for the drafts, uh, which was super fun. I didn't end up betting on it. I thought this draft was just so so like weird. I didn't really know how yeah. it was going to go, and um, I I I, I probably should have because it like we just went into it makes everything more fun i think i was betting on i was still so the nba playoffs were still going on like during it so I, i'm pretty sure i was just bet on basketball instead
0: yeah well i i bet on it um i'm a, i actually bet oh, it was the same day that i won the the parlay uh and i actually bet on Kayvon thibodeau to go to the jets 10 to win 85 actually uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't have an issue with sauce. I like the sauce, the sauce Gardner pick. Uh, he's, it was a tremendous corner at Cincinnati. Um, I was just really rooting for Kayvon on largely because I would have won 85 bucks yeah, if the Jets would have gotten cave on So one is a great pick without 85 bucks. The other uh, and losing 10 bucks. The other is a great pick where I win 85 bucks. So obviously I'm going to prefer the 85 bucks <laughs> over the non 85 bucks uh, for the cave on Thibodeau pick. Uh, it, I mean, th- there are other things. Um, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback to get drafted a few months ago. The odds were that Malik Willis was the, actually the heavy favorite to be the first quarterback drafted. I don't know what happened. The team just lost their faith in them and Aiden Hutchinson, for some reason, he, they really, um, for some reason, they didn't, uh, Aiden Hutchinson didn't go first. Uh, and he was supposed to go first uh for a very long well, – a couple days before the draft.
1: It was – yeah, it was like the week of maybe two days before Walker was the favorite. And it wasn't like, you know, going from – like he wasn't like a plus 100. It was like minus like 180-something.
0: But Yeah, it was uh, so – it was so clearly on Hutchinson's side. But didn't you
1: what, – what was it, the first time I was on here? One of the times I was on here, you said you had like Thibodeau, what – under was it five and a half or four and a half? Five and a half. so it hit yeah it yeah, hit <laughs> yeah nice so you you hit that one you just didn't have him to the jets which new york just just wrong color
0: yeah 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 I <laughs> forgot about that yeah i did make that a while ago yeah i did mine is five and a half yeah 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 that one did that one did hit um I, I really wanted him to go to the Jets. Um, I still would prefer Thibodeau over Gardner, but I can't be mad at it uh, because the thing is, I, I've never been this happy about the Jets in the draft in a very long time. Dude, the Jets have top three draft in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, you get, you other get, than I, maybe the Giants, and who, who would you say? Who else would you say? The Ravens,
1: I think. The Ravens, okay.
0: Yeah. So other than those two teams, the Jets were they they couldn't have done much better. The reason I wanted Thibodeau not just for the money but also because I would rather have a top-tier edge rusher than a top-tier corner in today's league. I think one, one of those positions has more value than the other. Uh, but I can't get too mad at it because then we were at least traded and got Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Who's so, solid. Who is solid. Uh, probably not Thibodeau, but still very solid. So I can't even get mad at, this, uh, at, their, at the draft performance at all. Even though things didn't go perfect, as a fan, it felt amazing. And I feel like it should feel amazing because I never should have felt good about the Jets draft pick in my lifetime.
1: <laughs> well, it's just, I, I mean, I was talking to Tom and Kyle and all those guys who are Giants fans about it. And I was just like, isn't it just the best feeling to like have a GM that at least feels competent? Like obviously yeah. they're coming sure. off Gettleman. I mean, the Jets draft struggles have been pretty evident. I'm a Bears fan. So, I mean, we all know how that goes. Um, and, I mean, my GM, so Ryan pulls. We go into the draft with six picks. He turns that into eleven. You know whether those picks turn out or not. I mean, you do kind of have to like his ability on that. That was on draft day. Did he turn? He, he adds that. Five, I mean, five picks. That's that's an incredible amount of draft capital. Statistically, if you pick eleven guys, more of them are, are likely to you know actually come through come through the rough here and hit them then uh if you were to only have six and but I mean I think both teams in New York did great things obviously uh, I think Evan Neal was an incredible
0: pick for their offensive he wasn't line. Even supposed to be he wasn't it, even supposed to be available at that point
1: exactly like and we had talked about this on the draft show I mean Neal was projected as high as going number two Overall, I mean, they dropped down and get him at five Uh on Thibodeau. I think he's going to be great. I think I have a little bit of questions. I mean, I think he's already started like an, a line of NFTs or something like that. we got to make sure our head is, you know, fully focused on football. Um But I, I guess that's hard to say in today's day and age, there's just so much shit going on and I shouldn't yeah. act like they're only football players. Yes. They have lives outside of football, but You don't love that when you're going through the draft process. At least me uh, would feel like you should be focused on certain things, but teach their own draft. As far as the draft goes, the jets, I think they knocked it out of the park. You get a guy like sauce Gardner, who teams in college football were literally afraid. to throw. Alabama
0: would not throw at him. Uh, Then you, it would not throw in the same zip code as sauce Gardner. And then they get, they got Garrett Wilson, correct? Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. Correct. Which,
1: had an outstanding career. It wasn't yeah. just this year. It was three, four years of him and Olave just absolutely killing it. You got another weapon for Wilson. Um Did they get a running back, too? Did they
0: get Brees no, we Hall? We got Brees Hall. We got yeah, Brees Hall. Dude, no, they from Iowa State. The they Great it pick. Out. I loved Brees Hall in college.
1: I, I'm telling you, man. Like, I think the, the only direction is up. And why I think you should be a little bit more excited about this Jermaine Johnson pick is – your head coach Soleil or Salah, however Sala. you say it, Salah, uh, I wasn't even close, um, <laughs> is a defensive guy. Like, think about yeah. those think about those 49ers defenses he was in charge of. Like he, he had knows
0: defenses with the 49ers. He
1: he knows a stud defender when he sees one. So right. that and I mean and Jermaine Johnson. So uh, last chance you started <laughs> independence community college because he couldn't make grades one year there. I think he had like eight sacks his first year, transfers over to Georgia, plays two years there, decides he wants to be the guy, so goes down to Florida State. I think you guys got a good one. I mean, you, you filled multiple needs on the offensive and defensive side of the ball within the first, like, what, 50 picks of the draft? I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I give the Jets an A in this draft. If, yeah, if I, not I would too, was. and
0: I never thought I would say that. I thought they yeah. would screw something up. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Okay, so I don't know – what I like about the NFL draft is that it tells you a lot about college football. And this is what the NFL draft tells you about college football. Um, The Texas Longhorns are the most – for a team, there is a – how do I say this? There is a really big disparity between the Texas Longhorns' brand recognition and their relevance as a team. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. But Texas didn't get one player drafted.
1: Not yeah, one it player
0: drafted. Hey, wait, let me just read. Can I let me just read this off for a second? Um, uh, okay, so here's here is here are some teams. Here are some teams that have gotten that have gotten draft picks that have gotten players picked. Other that that have gotten players picked. All right, you ready? San Diego State got four, Nevada two, Colorado State, Wyoming, Air Force, Fresno State, and Boise State got one, Miami, Ohio, Western Michigan, Toledo, Appalachian State, I'm not going to read them all off, but Youngstown State got one, Montana State, Samford, Jackson State, all Chattanooga, these got, these schools all at least got one player drafted, and Texas got zero.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's insane to think of the fall off that the Texas football has had. I mean, especially would they win the fucking Alamo Bowl or something a couple years ago, and you have Ellinger like, we're back. (laughs) No, the fuck, you're not. Uh, They're going back to not being back to being back to then not being back. It could it could have just been a weak class this year as as far as their seniors go. Yeah, um, I do think they're gonna have a guy in Xavier Worthy who's gonna be a draft pick here in a couple years, um but yeah it's just when you think about texas i that that's just interesting i mean i'm a, i'm an illinois fan they won five games last year they they got three guys drafted yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> i don't know man but it is it is funny just to see like when you think about how much you know the university invests into that program they've got the longhorn network the yeah, all the tv this,
0: network like
1: just even all alabama this, doesn't have a tv network all this money and they just have not been able to win at least and you know college football fan bases are fucking delusional like all, 99% of college football fan bases are fucking delusional because you have you have these schools that genuinely believe like Texas or like Nebraska or what like they genuinely believe every year that they should be competing for a national title it's just not we're how Never works. really good enough. <laughs> it, it, it's it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Clemson when they feel like it. It's Ohio State, and that's about it. It's it like, and then whatever other wild card team we see, uh, each each year. Um, and of there's of course Tom in the private chat going Notre Dame. Notre Dame is also in that list as well. Um, but <laughs> it's a four team college playoff. Like the, all these
0: <laughs> like these schools
1: just have to stop just it's all fan bases fan like yeah, fans are I'm, really, I'm
0: not really a fan of any college team I just college football is my favorite sport but I'm not really a fan of any team because I went to Sacred Heart so mm-hmm. I wasn't really in any and I'm from New Jersey Didn't and, Sacred and, Heart, like,
1: did Sacred Heart get a guy get drafted this year or did he get signed uh as a free yeah they,
0: they had I think Sacred Heart I could be wrong but I think Sacred Heart had two players drafted or See? two players signed at least maybe not drafted uh, something like that, that happened. So Sacred Heart might be beating out Texas now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: undrafted free agents. Okay. okay, okay. Undrafted free agents. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's interesting. And I'm sure, I mean, it's it's different every year when you look at talent-wise and, and how these, you know, scouts evaluate evaluate talent. There are a shitload of college football programs across the country. So it happens. But for a program as prominent as Texas has been or at least as they like to think they are uh it is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, um so I don't know if you saw Buck Showalter uh, last week um the Mets and Cardinals had a really big brawl which is honestly oh, my fun. favorite thing to watch in baseball. I love fights in baseball. It's uh so much it, it's fights in baseball are so much fun. Uh Buck Showalter actually got suspended for the game yesterday. He found out like right before the game started apparently and he actually thought it was a joke at first that he got suspended. Because Joan yeah. Lopez brushed back Nolan Arenado and Buck Showalter got suspended a game. Wait,
1: wait no it didn't but didn't he throw at Schwarber. wasn't that Yeah, it wasn't, was, wasn't just I, Arenado,
0: it was also Schwarber. Okay. So yeah,
1: I had saw that uh, so I am a I am a Cardinals fan, so it's funny that you, you it was bring both, it up. So I just thought I mean the funniest thing about that was it was like Pete Alonso, like trying to talk shit. Like, I was like, dude, you got tackled by the first base coach who's like 48 years old <laughs> and maybe half your height. His name is Stubby Clap. This dude Which just
0: sounds brought- like it sounds like a name from like the 1940s. Uh huh. Oh, it's, it's like
1: it's that, no, it's a classic like 1940s. Like, that dude played for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1940. Yeah. The yeah. Base. You ever hear Stubby Clap? He plays second base for the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, but so this guy brings you down, and you're the first one in the press conference to be like, you know, I'm a pretty big, dude. I could put somebody in the hospital if I wanted to. It's they like, might beat well, you. Yeah. It, that's <laughs> that's what the dude who loses the fight says. That's <laughs> that um and you know, I I mean, I'm not I get it. I understand why Mets fans would be upset because you know, one of the I it might have been Alonzo that got hit. Um Alonzo
0: did get hit. He, he got, got hit in right the
1: game play. before. My only argument there, it's not the fucking, you could call me whatever for this. That was a change-up that kind of slipped out of the pitcher's hands that he got hit with. This was a, you know, 90, what, 5 to 98-mile-an-hour fastball, high and tight. It's a little bit different. I know Arenado didn't get hit. It was a little bit of a hard-o move to kind of freak out about it, but I can see how it could have been – it could have been really bad. It could have been bad. I can understand why he would take exception to that.
0: But like you said, I mean, baseball brawls are, like, the best part about baseball, in my yeah. opinion. I it's, love it. it's the best type of brawl in any sport because in hockey, they happen too much. In football, they're all wearing pads and helmets. In basketball, somebody always comes in and breaks it up. They, they never really uh, – other than, like, a malice at the palace type of thing, it never turns out to be that good. But in baseball, it's amazing because – First of all, baseball players can't fight for their lives, they're the worst fighters. They're constantly throwing punches and missing and falling to the ground, like nobody ever seems to notice how bad they are at fighting. And then you have the guys from the bullpen just sprinting in, like, and then they, they never really do anything. Yeah. Like, you think they no, just no, go, they you they think just... they're running and kick somebody's head, they never even do that. They just run in and like then get to the back of, yeah. of the whole pile, right. it doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah, but the best part is these old assistant coaches getting involved now i'm all for assistant coaches getting involved like um uh like um don zimmer with pedro and everything but if you're going to get involved and you get your ass kicked hey man that's on you if, if you if you uh getting get involved with this fight
1: right and it's uh there was like an old cubs coach that got into one of those brawls like back when i was a kid i remember and there was like a image of him and like the there was like the front page of the chicago tribune and the dude was like face down like <laughs> like in the infield grass i don't i'll have to look up that story and, and find it but yeah i mean baseball fights are funny i love what you said about about the bullpen because they all you know it was the it, it was uh Giovanni Gallegos this time for the Cardinals who hops the fence, then they all, they, they run up, they sprint to the infield to just put their hands in their pockets and stand in the back. And it's a lot of shoving and grabbing on jersey and be like, whoa, 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 whoa get in the middle of it. But dude, one of these times, like if I would love to just see these hit the hitter, like you know they, they charge the mound, like actually like box the pitcher, like that would be that would be amazing, amazing because you know it's usually like if we're lucky. We get like one or two clean hits. And I put like very big like yeah. <laughs> air quotes on the clean hits because a lot of times these dudes are swinging as they're one, either getting tackled by their own teammates to try to stop them from doing it or mysteriously slipping out of nowhere and falling down. Um, but yeah, this was another one. I think just my biggest takeaway from this was not even that anything happened. It was just that Pete Alonso is just a triggered little bitch. Um, <laughs> but. And it's, like, my favorite thing about that is, like, he's not, like, the most, like, in-shape dude either. We talked about, no, like, he's Luka not. and Jokic being, like, dudes with beer bellies that are elite Dom athletes. Smith's
0: little, Dom Smith's a little bit like that, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, so is Pete Alonzo. Pete is not, yeah. like, and I'm not saying that he couldn't, like, kick my ass or put me in the hospital, but... <laughs> Dude, you just got fucking tackled by the first base coach. Like, I think you need to humble yourself a little bit. Also, <laughs> you guys just lost 10 to 5. They did take the series, so I will give you that. And the yeah, Mets that's what matters right. the most. And the Mets are arguably the best team in baseball right now. Yeah, uh, other than maybe the Yankees. So the, that's literally my only grievance is, is Pete Alonzo. Just shut up and, and take your tackling from the 48-year-old <laughs>
0: stubby clap. You got yeah, I, right, um, stubby, all right? Yeah, from stubby <laughs> clap. <laughs> All right, uh, Andy, thanks for coming on. Um, I'll be back next week on Wednesday at 3. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody, and good luck in your bets this weekend. I'll uh, Enjoy that bush light. The I, well, this,
1: I have enjoyed all of them. I've enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, man, it was a good
0: day. show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Anytime you need me, when football season rolls back around, we'll have you on the brew party for uh, our gambling segment we do called Maloney's Moneyline, me and my friend Ryan Maloney. Um, where we give some football picks each weeks and stuff like that, but anytime okay. you need a guest man uh, i'm always i'm always here for you always okay, cool you. thanks for coming on.